Hey, uh, it's great to be here with you all this morning. My name is Dave Hind. Um, for you that don't know me, Bob asked me to fill in this week for him. So it's a privilege and an honor to be here. And uh, we're going to continue our look at uh, the series that we're doing, Jesus in Genesis. And uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 24. It's at page 19 in your Bible. And um, the 24th chapter of Genesis, this is the longest, this is the longest chapter in the book. So thanks for that, Bob. Appreciate that. <laughs> so you got a guy that likes to talk in the longest chapter in Genesis. So that's great for you all too. No. Um, honestly, as I was looking at this, I read through it several times. Um, I listened to it audibly uh, several times. And uh, for a while, I was like, I don't really know what's going on. I mean, I, I just don't know if I really see anything here. But the more I kind of kept reading and listening and praying, um, there were four different scenes that that we're going to kind of take a look at today that I thought were pretty relevant for us. So um, as Bob had talked about last week, Isaac in this story is basically the Jesus character in this this narrative. It's a true account from Scripture. Um, And we see all these parallels between Isaac and Jesus. Um, And they are numerous. Both were born of a miraculous birth. Isaac's parents, Abraham, Sarah, were way up there in years. So both were, had a miraculous birth. Um, both of them willingly laid their life down. Um, Isaac, you know, as Bob was kind of talking about last week, there's no way Abraham was going to wrestle him onto that altar. <laughs> and, um, but he, he, he did that willingly. Jesus willingly gave his, his life for us. We see Isaac carrying the wood up to where the burnt offering would be. We see Jesus carrying the wooden cross up to where he was going to be, uh, where he laid down his life for us on the cross. Um, We see both of them submitting to the Father during some really rough circumstances, right? Isaac had to be scared to death, had to be frightened, but willingly obeyed the Father. We see Jesus uh, greatly troubled in the Garden of Gethsemane but willingly obeyed the Father. So there's all kind, there are all kinds of, of parallels between Isaac and Jesus that we see um, kind of throughout, throughout Genesis. And it continues here as we look in chapter 24, um, the story of Isaac and Rebekah. So um, Abraham is getting up there in years. All right, he's getting pretty old. He wants to find a wife for his son, um, wife for his son Isaac. And um, so we have Abraham, who's kind of like the loving father. We have Isaac, who is the wealthy waiting husband. We have this servant, who really, for for all of us that are followers of Christ, that's us, this servant that um, Abraham calls in. So let's pick it up in chapter 24. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. I have a slide for that. Um, It's up there, but again, page 19 in your pew Bibles. Um, And this is kind of the the longest chunk of scripture that we're going to read, but um, so we'll kind of read this. I think this, this kind of basically sets up the whole story. Abraham was now old and well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the chief servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughter's of the Canaanites, among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. 
The servant asked him, What if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the the country you came from? Make sure that you do not take my son back there, Abraham said. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household in my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying, To your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham, and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. Okay, is there anything that, um, I don't know about you, but for me, is there anything that just is a little bit creepy about this? Anybody? Any, yes. The whole thigh thing. Yeah, thank you, Moose. The whole thigh thing. So, I'm reading this and I'm going, that's a little awkward. Yeah. A little creepy, maybe. Kind of what's going on there? And uh, so as I read more about this, read some Bible commentaries, looked at a little bit of the history, um, there are kind of varying um, kind of thoughts on this. But one thing that everybody agrees on, it is an oath to be taken very seriously, Okay. It was, it was a way that you would take this oath very seriously. And uh, I spent yesterday um, with my daughter at college, University of Kansas. Sorry for all the Mizzou fans, yeah. Um, and she was kind of asking me, like, what are you going to talk about? And I was kind of telling her about this one scene, because this is the first scene that I wanted to talk about. And she's like, are you going to do a visual with that? And I was like, yes, I think I will. So Brady... Um, spin my way. There you go. Yeah. So I'm not going to put my hand under Brady's thigh. So just, but as I thought about this, I thought this is interesting because there's no way for me, if I'm, if he's, you know, wanting me to take this oath and I'm putting my hand here that we are not like locked in, right? This is a pretty intimate thing, right? I mean, he is very serious. I'm eye to eye. And maybe you've had one of those situations where you've been like, hey, look, I need you to look at me. Like, I need you to get this. Like, look at me in the eye, and I need you to understand this. This is like that times 10, you know? Hand under the thigh. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. Thank you, Brady. Yes. (laughs) I chose Brady because he'll do anything. And it's really hard to embarrass him. So I was like, I'll get Brady to do this. He'll be fine with it. Um, yeah, but the thing I love about this is the seriousness of the oath, okay? Because obviously Abraham wants to find a wife for his son Isaac. But if you look at this from a different context, Abraham is calling us, the loving father is calling us, the servant, right? To go and find a bride for the wealthy waiting husband, Basically, that's us going and telling other people about who Jesus is. And the seriousness of that oath. And I guess my thought is, how serious do we take that? You know, are we lifers in this, following Christ? You know, how serious are we taking this oath? And I guess, um, I just, I want to throw this out to you as a question. Why do you think Abraham was so serious about this. Like, what, what, what all is going on here? For one thing, just a little, little bit of just the history of this. 
It's a long journey back to Abraham's homeland. It's like 500 miles. So they're going to take camels and some other people, and it's, it's like a big journey. So why is, why is Abraham having the servant put his hand under his thigh, look at him, and doing this? What, what do you think is going on? Right, yeah, servant could, could decide not, not to go, right? There were probably going to be lot, lots of opportunities to turn back. Great, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, could get distracted along the way. Good. Anybody else? Those are good thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah. Follow through with what you say you're going to do. Yeah, if you look at somebody in the eye like that. Yeah. yeah. Good. Somebody else? Yeah. God had promised Abraham and his descendants Right. Excellent. Yeah. And he had to bring him back because he promised promised him the land of Canaan, right? So he had to bring him back. Couldn't he didn't want Isaac to stay there. He's like, This is the land I've promised you. I promise you the descendants, bring it back. Yeah, the seriousness of all that. Those are great. Thank you so much. Yeah. All of that is, all of that is true. I think all of those are possibilities. I, I just think the, the possibilities of, of turning back, right? It's a long journey. I mean, I think about myself on that thing. Like, um, and the, the camels were loaded down with supplies and also a lot of gold and jewelry and things like that that he was going to give this potential bride. And so it's like, you got a bunch of guys, <laughs> and supplies, and all this money, it would have been easy to be like, let's just hang out here for a while, you know? Let's have some fun here. Or maybe to stop short on the promise, you know? Hey, this girl over here, she, she seems pretty nice. She's kind of hot. Let's just get her. That's good enough. I mean, that'll be fine for Isaac. And there are all kinds of, of places to turn back. And I guess my thought, too, for us is looking at this from a, from a different perspective as um, as us being the servants going and telling others about Jesus, the wealthy waiting husband, is how serious are we about this? Um, are we in this for life? And um, I, I just think that's an important question for us to ask ourselves. I just, I love that picture, <laughs> as creepy as it was when I first read it, about the hand under the thigh and looking eye to eye, and he's taking this oath. Um, you know, I had the opportunity um, Trey and Tim and I were up late talking on, um, I guess it was Halloween night. It was late. It was, you know, it was like, I don't know, 1030 at night. And they were over and we were just like hanging out. That's late for me. Um, I'm old. So um, we were on like the side porch, like of our house. And we're just up talking. And um, actually, side note, this was kind of funny, but this like car drives up and like it's 1030 and this voice, this head pops out of the back seat. Hey, do you guys still have any candy? <laughs> we're like, no, dude, we like, we were out of candy like three hours ago. Um, so, but we're sitting there talking and, and it was great because we actually kind of talked about this. Like, we want to be in this for life together. Um, we want to be dead serious about following Christ and what his mission is. And we kind of talked about, there's a lot of opportunities to turn back. <laughs> there's a lot of places in this journey where it's like, man, I, I would, maybe I'll just turn back. Or this is really hard. This is a hard journey. 
Um, but I, 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 I love that picture. And I just want to say there's a lot of young folks here. There's a lot of folks in high school and college that, you know, that come to Wellspring. And I think it's okay for you guys to talk about that with each other. Honestly. Like, talk about, we're in this for life, right? Like, we're doing this. <laughs> we're serious. We're dead serious about this. Following Christ and being on his mission. And um, it's okay to talk about that with each other. I think that's awesome. So um, that was the first scene that I just loved. I thought that was really cool. So um, the good servant takes off. He is headed to Abraham's homeland. And he gets there. Um, It says in verse, uh, I think it's, boy, I tell you what, I need my glasses up here. Uh, 11. He had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was toward evening, the time women would go out to draw water. So he basically takes his entourage, 10 camels. He's going to go find this wife for Isaac. He gets to Abraham's homeland. He gets to the well where women would come to draw water. And that makes sense, right? Like if you're going to find a young eligible lady, I'm going to go where they are. This was where the well was. I don't know what that would be today. You know, Target. Uh, Starbucks, Panera, I'm not sure, maybe where you would go to hang out. But that's where they went, that's where they were hanging out. And, um, and I love this scene too. This is the next scene I just thought was really, really cool and had some stuff for us. The servant, the first thing he does is he prays, Okay. And I think I have this slide up there too. Verse 12 says, Then he prayed, O Lord, God of my master, Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master, Abraham. See, I am standing beside the spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it goes on to say, Before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder. (laughs) So the first thing he does is he prays that the Holy Spirit might lead him, that God might lead him. And before he gets done praying, here comes Rebecca with a jar on her shoulder, okay? Now the servant runs up to her and says, hey, could I have a drink? She says, yes, you can have a drink, and I'll water your camels too. Now, watering the camels, you know, those things can drink like 20 gallons or something. I mean, it wasn't like 10 camels, I'll go get a bucket of water, put it here, and we'll be done in 30 seconds. Like, this was a little bit of a process, of Rebecca going back, getting water, bringing it to the camels, and it says this. I love this, okay? Verse 21. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. It says he watched her closely, okay? The thing I love about this, the thing I love about this is it's intuitive. <laughs> he gets there. He prays, God, basically, help me see this with your eyes, not mine. Help me, okay? Is this going to be the one? Show me. 
he meets Rebecca. He's watching her. He's paying attention. He's looking at the details, probably noticing her body language, her attitude, all of these things. It's very intuitive, okay? And I just, I know this is challenging for me, but I want to be more intuitive as we call other, people's, other people to Christ, as we're telling others about Christ, okay? Are we praying? Are we being intuitive? Are we watching? Because here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. God's Holy Spirit is moving among us and people around us. God's Holy Spirit is moving. Are we noticing it? Are we noticing it? Are we taking the time to see it? God's Spirit is moving in and amongst us all the time. Are we seeing it? And I guess, you know, talking, I'm a, I happen to work with uh, Young Life. I'm a volunteer with Young Life. And uh, we work with high school kids, for you that don't know about Young Life. And uh, just talk to my Young Life leader friends for a second. This is a great Young Life leader story, right? The servant goes to where she is. He wants to call her to Christ. He prays. He's watching. He's trying to be intuitive. It's a great young life story right there. And so my, my question for all of us too, not just young life folks, but for all of us, are we being intuitive? Before we go to, we go to church, or for the young life folks, before you go to a game, or you get out of the car, are you praying, God, that I might see high school kids the way you see them? with your eyes. Is there someone today that I might run into that needs an encouraging word? Is there a way that I might be able to get into a spiritual conversation with someone tonight or today? Is there someone here that is hurting that needs some help? Is there someone that is ready to ask Christ into their life that the Holy Spirit has been working on, that they're ready today? I mean, are we being intuitive? And here's the thing. You know what's intuitive these days? Technology is intuitive. I mean, Google knows more about you than you will ever know. I mean, honestly, because of the, the things you search and look up and whatever, Google probably knows what kind of food you like, what kind of movies you like to see, what kind of move, music you listen to, who you're probably going to vote for in the upcoming election. I mean, Google probably knows more about you than you will ever know because it's intuitive. It's taking in data. It's it's. It's being perceptive with us. I mean, honestly. And when you hear about new technology coming out, and I'm, I'm not even a technology guy, so I really don't know what I'm talking about. But when you hear about new technology, a lot of times, oh, man, this new phone is awesome. It's so intuitive, you know. And so technology's doing it. And sometimes I wonder, as Christians, are we doing it? Are we praying, listening, noticing that the Holy Spirit is moving um, I just, I love that scene. I love that scene because of how intuitive it is, how perceptive it is. Jesus was perceptive, guys. Jesus was very perceptive. There's places in the scripture where it says Jesus knew their thoughts. When he was dealing with the Pharisees a lot of times, he knew what they were thinking because he was perceptive. Okay, Jesus was a very perceptive person. And I just want to say this, just kind of as a quick thing. Um, I've had the privilege of serving on the board here at Wellspring. I, I love this about the board here at Wellspring. One of the questions that we always ask kind of at the beginning of our, of our meetings is, 
What are you sensing God doing in your life? What are you sensing God doing in the lives of the people at Wellspring? I just think that's a great question. That's great leadership, I think. So, yeah, Bob, way to go. I, I just think that's, that's good stuff to ask each other. What are you sensing God doing in your life and those around you? So, um, I love the perceptiveness of that. Okay, moving on. So, he meets Rebecca. She's, man, she's fitting the bill, right? She's doing all this stuff. So, then he starts talking with her more and finds out that she is actually a distant relative of Abraham. Okay, this is awesome. So he gives her some jewelry and gold and starts to tell her this story about he's looking for this bride for Isaac. And then he says, hey, can I go, can I go to your house and stay with your family? She says, yes, we've got room for you. Come, stay with my family. We've got room for you, the other guys, the camels, the whole thing. So he goes, the servant goes to her house. And um, the first thing he does before he eats is the servant tells the family this story. That's another thing. Are we telling our story to other people? He's, he tells this story. He's like, okay, my master, Abraham, and his son, Isaac, they sent me on this journey to find a bride for the son. And he tells them all the story about praying and finding Rebecca and all of this stuff. And I'm here to find a bride for Isaac. And they say, yes, you can have our daughter. You can have our sister. You can take Rebecca. Um, and then... Something kind of interesting happens. Um, Let's pick it up in verse 55. I think I have a slide for that. Do I have a slide for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. So they agree. You can can marry Rebecca. It says, but her brother and her mother replied, let the girl remain with us 10 days or so. Then you may go. But the servant said this, I love this, but he said to them, do not detain me. Now that the Lord has granted success to my journey, send me on my way so I may go to my master. Then they said, let's call the girl and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and asked her, will you go with this man? I will go, she said. (laughs) I love that. I will go. Really, they make a legitimate request here. They're like, hey, you're going to take our daughter. We don't really know this Isaac guy. We're trusting you. <laughs> um, and I kind of think of that verse in the New Testament where it says that we are Christ's ambassadors, as though Christ were making his appeal through us. I mean, I think this, the servant is Christ's ambassador, as though he was making his appeal through him. Um, and they said, yeah, you can have her, but can you wait 10 days? We want to spend a little more time with Rebecca, maybe get to know you a little more, maybe hear a little more about this Isaac guy, maybe have a time where we can have some of our relatives and friends over for a celebration. You know, I don't know, but it's a legitimate request. Can you wait 10 days? The servant says, today is the day. God has ordained this thing. God has ordained this thing, and it's, this is the day. This is, this is, we need to go now. And so they said, well, okay, let's call Rebecca. Rebecca, I will go. Ah, I love that courage. I love the courage of the young woman that senses probably God moving in her spirit. She sees that God has ordained this thing, and she's like, I will go. And so my thought here on this part is, if you're here today and you've never really decided to follow Christ, maybe today's that day. 
Maybe you felt God working in your heart. And maybe today's that day. And I guess have the courage like Rebecca did and say, let's go. <laughs> maybe today's that day. Um, so then the final scene, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. So um, Rebecca takes off going back this long journey back to Canaan to meet Isaac. So the entourage picks up. They're headed back. Um, and she sees somebody. They're getting close. She sees Isaac out in the field. If you kind of look at, uh, looks like it's verse 64 there. Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. So here comes Rebecca. Isaac is actually out in the field praying, okay? Who is that? That's Isaac. Whoa. So she takes her veil, puts it over her face. Couple things about the veil. One is just, you know, the, the groom wasn't supposed to see the bride before the wedding. But the other thing is it's an act of humility. And I will say this. <laughs> There's really no way we can meet Jesus without humility, without humbleness. I, 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 I literally think it's impossible <laughs> if we're prideful and arrogant to meet Jesus. Um, God can break us <laughs> and humble us, but she's humbled. She's humbled. She puts the veil over. She goes to meet she goes to meet Jesus. So then this is kind of the culmination of all of this whole story. I think this is, um, I think this is great. Uh, verse 66. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife, and he loved her. Now Isaac was comforted in his mother's death. I love the ending of this. Bringing Rebecca into his mother's tent. Sarah had been gone two or three years, but he still had a tent in her honor. And as he brings her into this tent, it's this culmination of, hey, you're a part of this family now. She was the matriarch of this family. Now you are. You're a part of this whole story and this lineage and this great family. And we see Jesus doing the same thing when Jesus is on the cross. Jesus looks out at his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. And he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his household. We see Jesus on the cross saying, hey, Family looks different now. You're all family. You're all, you're all part of this family. I'm bringing you in as a part of my family. And we see Isaac doing the same thing to Rebecca. He brings her into his mother's tent and says, hey, you're a part of this whole family now. And then, <sighs> sorry, <laughs> at the very end he says he loved her. And just um, God's love for us and Jesus' love for us as he, the culmination of this whole story, I just think is awesome. How Jesus makes her part of this family and brings her in and says he loved her. 
and just how Jesus just loves us. Um, I just think it's a, that's the last scene and a, and a really cool scene out of Genesis chapter 24. So um, thank you so much, guys, for uh, letting me share a little bit today. Well, we're going to um, take communion. Um, one thing about communion, the scriptures talk about examining your life before you come to the table. And so kind of in that spirit, a couple things that I just want us to examine our life with today. Um, if you're a follower of Christ, to really think about that idea of how serious am I taking that oath <laughs> about following Christ and telling others. Maybe examine your life under that a little bit. And if you're here today and you're like, I've never really asked Christ into my life, think about Rebecca saying, I will go. I will go. And maybe uh, today is that day for you. So I'm going to pray, um, give you a little bit of time uh, to 